Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are all having an absolutely fantastic day today. A lot of stuff going on, as always, and I hope you guys enjoyed the Hagman Report on Friday. Went over a lot of stuff with Doug. Really, really good show. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you haven't got to listen to it yet, please check it out. So I talked into detail about what had been going on last week with some of these Republican mayors now, or excuse me, Republican governors, including in Alabama, that are going in and doing a full-blown verbal attack and blame-shifting the individuals who don't want to be injected with an experimental RNA shot, basically the selfish, unvaccinated, unwashed masses needs to get injected immediately without question. And one of the parts of this that really troubled me was that they're intentionally distorting and manipulating data and information in order to get it to push their narrative. And one thing about it is this has been numerous, numerous articles, mainstream media and governors have been spouting that every single person that's been hospitalized now with COVID is unvaccinated. And the first thing they're trying to pull up is saying that the change of daily average deaths for seven-day average went from 167 people to 211 people nationally, which is minor when it comes to the fact that about 3,500 people die a day in the United States. And this has actually been the only uptrend in the last two months. Now, I kept looking for documentation and data to back up the claim that pretty much everyone being admitted in the hospital is unvaccinated. Nowhere. Nothing. I have not found one single sliver of data that actually supports this. And then I realized I had talked to one of the doctors that's friends with Hagman. I mean, I've talked to him in detail about it. And I've also talked to another doctor in a different part of the country. And I was asking both of them on different occasions. I said, what is going on? They said, well, here's the thing, Austin. They said, we aren't required to ask or put down vaccination status when somebody comes to the hospital, whether it's with severe side effects from something, whether it's you know basically COVID symptoms. We're not allowed to ask them. We're, we're, we basically can try to beat around the bush if we want to get the information or if they volunteer it. But in most cases, there's nothing to put down on their entry form if they've been injected with the COVID shot. So essentially, de facto, that means that every single person that gets admitted in the hospital has not been put down with the COVID shot. Whether they've had it or not, it's completely unrelated to this issue of basically hospital admittance. So this is the lie, again, that they're doing now, manipulating the data by coming out with this outrageous, bold-faced lie with no data to back it up whatsoever that everybody that's going into the hospital is basically unvaccinated. Complete and total erroneous lie that I have not seen any data to back up whatsoever. So if you are basically in the medical field and you have more information on this, please feel free to email me. But this is something that's very irritating to me when people just spout off stuff like this to try to push their agenda. And on top of that now, if you guys noticed, last week the CDC quietly announced that it was withdrawing its request to the FDA for the emergency use of the PCR diagnostic panel test. The assay first introduced into February 2020 to detection of the SARS-CoV-2. Most of the public is unaware 
that's similar to the current COVID-19 injections, they were not yet approved by the FDA. So the FDA gave the PCR test the emergency use authorization as the diagnostic tool to allegedly detect COVID, but it was not approved by the FDA for actual usage of this. We've gone into detail what the PCR test is, how even basically they have shown in numerous cases, doctors have produced data that shows the PCR test does not isolate COVID. You can ramp up the cycle rate on how fast and how deep you are basically taking the test. And eventually you can find anything. You can find a small influenza particle. You can find a random virus. And at some point, depending on how many cycles you do, usually they said between 30 to 35 cycles or higher, you have like a 95% false positive rate. And some places have even taken it higher than that, which the entire basis of the lies that we were told last year was based on the PCR test that the CDC now has quietly withdrawn the request for emergency use authorization. And essentially it's not asking or recommending that it be used anymore. Funny. You didn't hear about that on CNN. Funny. Nobody else is talking about that either. This is what we're seeing now is the lie is coming unraveled. The truth is being exposed. And now They've got to start hammering the narrative that the unvaccinated population is the one that's causing the spread. No, it's not. It's a complete and total unsubstantiated lie that has no proof to back it whatsoever. So I just want to kind of address that first thing. I've had a lot of people send me emails and texts about seeing what some of these Republican governors and mainstream media clowns and other people in the basically area that have been talking about how the unvaccinated are causing everybody to get sick. And there is nothing to substantiate that whatsoever that I have found that just want to start off with that. What do you think? Well, you know, we've got to understand something that, you know, the people who get to these high levels of positions of power, uh, they've been groomed. They've been groomed to say what they're saying. They've been groomed to obey the narrative. They've been groomed to basically tell the, the narrative that's being promoted to them by the new world order or the old world order that's trying to make a comeback. That's who's here. The problem they're running into are the pesky Christians, the ones that are lesser or left, and the white wing, white, how should I say, white Christian males who basically don't want to stop doing any of this, and the black Christian males who don't want to believe any of this stuff, and the Hispanic Christian males. It doesn't matter who, what color you are, but it's the Christians that basically are relying on Jesus. And these guys don't want anybody relying on Jesus. You know, uh, look at look at Ron DeSantis. You know, Matt Getz, who basically likes really young girls, who probably is terribly, terribly emotionally compromised and also spiritually compromised and morally compromised. You know, he helped make Ron DeSantis. Now, am I saying that Ron DeSantis is a bad guy? I, I don't know. But what it's like that it's like that song from the from the Who. You know, I won't get fooled again. You know, meet the old boss, the same as the new boss. You know, I'm to the point now. Where I need to, I'm just really asking the questions. Why is Ron DeSantis pushing vaccines? Why did Ron DeSantis get on national news and basically get himself injected with something if he indeed got himself injected with anything or just saline solution? I don't know. I mean, why is Ron DeSantis doing all of this stuff and why is he being pushed to the forefront like Trump was and was pushed in front of Hillary Clinton for the election, you know, back in 2016? Personally, I don't know. You know, I like Ron DeSantis. I mean, he sounds like a great guy. He seems like he's really kick, clicking along pretty close as far as what we want. But, you know, I wish he would back off this vaccine narrative. I mean, I wish he would just say, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this at all. And so I really like the fact that he didn't want to have the COVID passports. So, again, he's coming in and saying things that we want to hear, but then he's saying things that they want him to say. 
So it doesn't make any sense. But then you see this whole relationship with him and Matt Getz, who they threw to the altar of, how should I say, sacrifice. I mean, Matt Getz, his whole career is completely and totally gone. But there's all kinds of pictures with him and Ron DeSantis when Ron DeSantis is running for governor. Now, there's a really good article on the burning platform that I've posted at the healthmasters.com website. And if you guys are already hooked up to the ST Brewer Instagram account, we've already sent you numerous excerpts from that article to the basically Instagram feed that we have that goes to the people. It'll also be on our Telegram feed and it will also be posted at the healthmasters.com news feed that's on the healthmasters.com site. And, and what's interesting about this is this burning platform, it goes into detail and it talks also about what Austin just talked about, about how all of these things that they're doing and all of the lies they're doing are based on what the PCR test is doing. And basically the FDA now has withdrawn it and by the end of the year it won't even be used anymore. It's basically saying, no, we're not going to do it. They don't bother to tell you that when you're zero to 19 years of age, you have a 99.997 survival rate if you come down with COVID, which means you basically don't come down with COVID. 20 to 49 years, it's a 99.98. These by 98% survival rate. 50 to 69 years, it's a 99.5. And 70 plus, if you weigh like 275 pounds, you have five more comorbidities, you end up with a 94.6% survival rate. So the majority of the people that have died have been over the age of 75, have, have had multiple comorbidities, and have been obese. So you say, well, that's, that's awful. Well, yeah, it is awful, you know, because they didn't take care of themselves when they were basically younger. And they didn't take care of themselves when they were older. I can pretty much guarantee you they ate junk food and glyphosate and trash all the time, and their immune systems are completely and totally compromised. And that's why they're so sick. And that's why when they come down with something like this, they die. So like I told you guys in the very beginning – it was a bioweapon. It quickly mutated. If you maintain a strong immune system and kept vitamin D and C and potassium iodide and zinc in your system, it was easily mitigated. It really was. I mean, I had it. Now, I had a much more difficult time when I got exposed to the spike proteins after the vaccines. You know, my daughter-in-law went out to a church function and came back and got really sick. The kids got sick. Austin got sick. I got sick. I mean, I got sick. Had a hard time breathing for a couple months. Yeah, I really did. I started taking the anacetylcysteine, started taking the HGH stimulate every day, and it took a while. I mean, it took about a month for that to clear up. It wasn't like it just went away overnight. Whatever these spike proteins are, these things that they're shedding from people that are vaccinated, they're pretty doggone dangerous. You know, again, it's trying to change your DNA. But there's an interesting quote by George Orwell, and it says, there was truth and then there was untruth. And if you clung to the truth, even against the whole world, you were not mad. In other words, you were the only one that was basically telling the truth. And then Frank Zappa, not that I'm going to quote Frank Zappa very much because I don't really care for his music. He said, people will agree with you only if they already agree with you. You do not change people's minds. Now, what does he mean by that? That means that people get indoctrinated, entrenched in their own dogma, and that when they get to a certain point in their life, they decide they don't want to change their attitudes or their beliefs anymore. I've got a friend of mine right now. I talked to him about Zionism. I talked to him about what's going on with the international banking cartels. I talked about all of this stuff, and he just kind of yawns. He just says, you know, I don't believe any of that because he's been entrenched with the dogma. He's been taught so much now for the past 100 years. The Schofield Reference Bible is legit as far as its commentary. That he can't change his mind. He literally can't change his mind. This is what they learn with the children. Okay, If you get the children at that young age, at that young age we've talked about this so many times, in a theta brainwave state from ages like 0 to 12, or, or I'm sorry, 0 to 7, and they're in that theta brainwave state, and you program them with a certain belief structure, it doesn't matter what you say to them when they're 18, 19, or 20, or 30, or 40. They're not going to change their minds. That's why they want the mind of the youth. 
you know, so we have to understand why they've done this. You know, and Orwell and Zappa's words of wisdom really have never been truer than they are today. The level of truth proliferated by the government, mainstream media, central bankers. That's the big one right there, by the way. Central bankers, military leaders, big tech, big pharma, big corp, billionaire oligarchs has reached prolific heights. And we are lost in a world of lies destined to grow into a tornado of tragedy and ultimately result in a cascade of consequences. This is the article I was telling you about. It's called Cascade of Consequences on the, on the Burning Platform. It's probably one of the best articles that I have ever read concerning where we are right now. So it's the installation of the illegitimate dementia patient as president of this dying empire of debt by the deep state billionaire oligarchs, surveillance state agencies, international banking communities, Federal Reserve banks. I'm adding some things to this, by the way. Military industrial complex, Silicon Valley censorship tyrants, corrupt bought off state politicians and Rothschild installed bureaucrats and their as their propaganda arm. Fake news media outlets, which also include about 90 percent of alt media. I'm going to mention that again. The country is further fractured in the warring fractions. It has been driven by political party, moral versus immoral, black versus white, criminals versus police. Like was Austin talked about last week, as long as you steal less than a thousand dollars worth of stuff now in San Francisco, you're not charged. It's like a petty misdemeanor. You get a little fine. So they're going in with calculators and getting big bags and filling up nine hundred ninety five dollars worth of basically clothes and goods and just walking right out of the stores in San Francisco because they think it's okay. The normal versus the abnormal, the capitalists versus the communists, the federal reserve versus the people. That's the big one. Vaxxers, sheep versus natural immunity, realists, authoritarians versus freedom fighters. As Zappa realized people believe the narrative that they've been conditioned to believe from their childhood and no quantity of facts, data or rational arguments can change their mind. Arguing on Twitter or Facebook is not going to change the mind of those who you are arguing against. Our public education indoctrination centers have taught multiple generations to feel rather than think, believe rather than question, obey rather than challenge, and allow their minds to be molded by the elitists to follow orders as they do as they are told with no questions asked. I remember in 2008, me and Buddy Johnson, he's with the Lord now with Jesus, we were the precinct captains for the Auburndale precinct here in Polk County for Ron Paul. And we set up a table outside and we talked all day long during the election. I mean, we had a Ron Paul table, Ron, Ron Paul, everything. It didn't make any difference. When we finally got the results of the election from our precinct, it was like me and Buddy and his wife and Sharon and one other guy named Jim. There were like five of us that voted for Ron Paul and nobody else did in this entire precinct. Yeah, just it was that it was that blatant, that 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 awful. You think, well, how could that have happened? Well, because people had already made up their minds before they had come to the vote. That's why I knew at that point in time it was a complete and total waste of time trying to change people's minds about stuff during the election day. It doesn't work. The organized effort by men constituting a true invisible government. This is the Rothschild Kabbalist Luciferian group. It does not mention that in the article. That's who this is. Has long been a conscious, decades-long, thousand-year-long manipulation of the minds of the masses through media propaganda, government cultural indoctrination, most recently through internet social media platforms. Those who are in control, the Kabbalists, adding that, have achieved astounding success in exploiting the psychological weaknesses of millions of Americans by introducing them to believe absurd falsities, consume on demand, become dependent on government handouts and go into debt, to work soul-crushing jobs that you absolutely hate and your boss is an absolute nightmare. 
to become addicted to the very technology used to manipulate them and surveil them and believe anything the authority figures tell them to believe. The past 17 months have proven this to be true. I can't tell you how many people listen to this show who have stood against the vaccines and say we will not be vaccinated. But I'll also tell you, there are many people who listen to the show that have gotten vaccinated. And I just sit there and I just shake my head. I absolutely shake my head and go, wow, how has this happened? Well, because they were already convinced a long time ago to believe the mainstream media lies. Or they've had really bad leadership from their husbands or their wives or their family members that have pushed them to make really bad choices. This group, this Kabbalist group that controls the media, they have convinced an enormous portion of the world's population that a non-lethal virus for anyone under the age of 80 in decent health was such a threat that they agreed to be locked down and masked for a year, destroying the global economy to destroy, by the way, the velocity of money as they inflate the currency. This again, the central bankers doing all of this, the Kabbalists, putting hundreds of millions of people globally out of work bankrupting hundreds of thousands of small businesses just in the United States and in Germany, destroying Germany, destroying the United States, and benefiting the authoritarian government tyrants, mega corporations owned by State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard, owned by the Rothschild bloodline families, basically taking these mega corporations and criminal cabal who stole the president's election for a senile, hair-sniffing, angry gaff machine functioning as a Trojan donkey to implement the Build Back Better New World Order. I'm going to repeat that because it is so well written. And criminal cabal who stole the president election for a senile, hair-sniffing, angry gas machine functioning as a Trojan donkey to implement the Build Back Better New World Order WEF plan. The Davos elite. Now, here we go. This is the international banking community and their henchmen have accomplished more than they probably thought possible, achieving almost universal compliance and obedience to the rules and to the dictates, which have proven to be pointless in controlling COVID, but remarkable in controlling the masses. The throngs have demonstrated their willful ignorance and sheep-like qualities by unquestionably trusting anything their superiors told them and obeying orders like submissive slaves, including the masks which don't work. Those controlling the narrative took the teachings of Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud to heart and realized to repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. You know, guys, we have to understand that if we don't basically stop this and basically say no more, we're not going to allow this to happen, that we're going to continue to fall into this group of people that are spreading the lies and that's the biggest problem I have. Now the government is hiring thousands and thousands of people to go after the right-wing Christians, the right-wingers who basically say, no, we don't want to be a sheep. We don't want to be a slave. We don't want to be any of this stuff because we're not going to allow these guys to continue to lie to us. Guys, think about it for a second. They don't want like-minded people like me and you getting together on this show every day. And realizing that you're being hosed over by the leaders. They don't want that. They want you to be boarded up, holed up in your basement, boarded up the windows, draw the curtains, and being frightened of a flu with a 99.7% survival rate. Smiles don't exist when you're masks. Giving a miserable, lonely cat woman a purpose in life designed to sow discontent, anger, and division. That's all they're doing. We all have become faceless sheep who wear the masks 
who have been corralled, shorn, and ultimately sacrificed at the altar of the Build Back Better World Order from the Kabbalist, dictatorial, Sabbatean, Luciferian who are running the planet. And we've got to understand that because you've got to go back to Jeffrey Epstein. So I always bring it back to these same guys. Jeffrey Epstein was Mossad. Jeffrey Epstein was a Kabbalist. Jeffrey Epstein had sacrificial rituals, supposedly on his island, and Jeffrey Epstein had eyes wide shut orgies in his mansion in New York City, in which he videotaped the participants to basically blackmail them. So we have to understand that all of this stuff that we've been told about all of this stuff, as far as the effectiveness of a gene therapy, which is not a vaccine, and that so many of the people that are coming down with, quote unquote, the Delta variant have been vaccinated, over 90 percent in some cases have been vaccinated, and that the people who are not vaccinated are staying pretty healthy as long as they stay away from the ones who have been vaccinated, who've been shedding spike proteins. We have to understand where we are and where they have taken us. And if we do that, we can realize that we can walk away from all of this stuff, this new world order, and we can continue to put the great I am and Jesus Christ where he's supposed to be on the throne room in heaven and realize that he is God almighty. And if we walk circumspectly with God and we obey his commandments and we stand against these lying Kabbalist weirdos and what they're trying to force on all of us, we can have victory over this, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And that's what we have to understand. They don't want the Christian world order. They hate Christianity. They have an atavistic hatred of it because Jesus stopped all the human sacrifice all the sacrifice on the crosses, all of the stuff the Roman Empire was doing with gladiatorial combat and all the conquests of Rome when he came in and took control of the planet via his 12 disciples and all of the people they proselytized and brought into the body of Christ. And we said no more of this Kabbalist weirdo New World Order. Of course, it wasn't called the Kabbalist New World Order 2,000 years ago. It was called the Canaanite Old World Order of the fallen angels and all the things that they taught the people to do. We have to stand against this. And guys, let me tell you something. <laughs> We're making a difference. You're making a difference. And I want to thank you for that. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys this morning. And I tell you what, guys, we can do all things to Christ who strengthens us. But we've got to stay focused and we have to stand against this with every breath that we have. Austin, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Hey, you're absolutely right. And I mean, you could see how quickly things escalated last year and as i said now the whole narrative and i keep bringing this up the whole narrative is crumbling like a you know just like a, a jenga jenga game you know we pull the little squares out it's, it's falling over right now they can't keep up with it that's why they're now saying that we have to eliminate all disinformation misinformation we got to go online and social media block it the dnc wants people to go in and basically have access to sms text messages and go in and basically control the narrative and monitor your text messages. They came out and said it. That's what they're doing. And what's interesting now is you're still seeing, even down here in Florida, you're still seeing that brainwashing that will not be exterminated with some people. You, you will not change. My dad said once somebody goes over past a certain level 
and they're completely and totally hypnotized in a trance of mind control, you're not going to pop them out of it. Yesterday, Lynn and I had to stop at the store to get some stuff from Publix and uh, grab some food over there after church. And so we're sitting in the car. I got the kids buttoned up, and we were talking for a second. And all of a sudden, this guy is walking through the parking lot by himself, might I add you, by himself in the parking lot with this gigantic mask on his face. Looks like he's looking for his car. He's probably deprived of oxygen, so he got lost. But I looked at him, and I just started giggling. And Lynn is like, what's so funny? I said, it's not funny, haha. It's funny, ironic, how some people have truly been brainwashed so extensively that it's 98 degrees outside in a blacktop asphalt parking lot. And this clown is walking through the parking lot looking for his car with a giant mask on covering half of his face. Looks like he's about to pass out. I mean, beat red. Did, did not look healthy at all from what you can see. And I'm sitting there going, well, yeah, no, duh. It's, it's almost 100 degrees outside with unbelievably high humidity, and you're trying to breathe through this giant cloth mask. It's, it was, I'm going with thick, big ones too. And I said, it saddens me because I've lost a lot of faith in a huge portion of humanity. I said, I really have. I said, the fact that so many people are this ignorant and they're willing to be controlled this much. And I was listening to Earl Nightingale the other day. And he was discussing the aspect of safety and security and how a large percentage of people, they will only do whatever they can in order to maintain their safety and security. They're not willing to ask a question. They're not willing to step outside of the circle. They're not willing to go and try to basically risk something for a higher reward. They simply want to be kept safe all of the time. And Jim Rohn said it so succinctly. He goes, we can, we can give you safety. We, we can put you in a room and give you a blanket and feed you three hot meals a day, and you'll, you'll be safe. You'll be secure there your entire life. And at the end of your life, it'll be a complete and total pathetic existence. That will be your extent. That will, that will be your legacy. Oh, yeah, he, he, he stayed safe his whole life. He, he stayed in the room in the corner and kept his security blanket on, and he ate three meals a day. And he lived a long time, and he was safe. But he did absolutely nothing. He lived like a fearful coward in a hole. And that's exactly what they're wanting people to do. They're wanting the people to be so terrified that they're willing to give up anything and everything that they have simply for that little extra bit of security. And the sad part about it is what everybody gave up last year, what everybody allowed to be stripped from them, consensually, by the way, notice hasn't been coming back especially in a lot of these hardcore states. And what security were they given? Hmm? What protection were they given? None. Zero. They traded it for nothing. They traded it for a stimulus check. They're still popping out stimulus. Now the, now the, child, the child Security Act or whatever it is, there's $3,600 per child now they're trying to pump out to basically anybody that made less than $75,000 a year. Again, more socialism, getting people so dependent that they are absolutely unwilling, completely unwilling to even go work because they're happy getting their checks. I've talked to numerous people now in the uh, basically in the food industry, the restaurant industry, and they're having a fit. They, they cannot keep employees, and they're having to tolerate some of the most abhorrent behavior, unpunctuality, disrespect, rude, mistakes all the time because it's one of those things where it's like, okay – if I fire them, 
it's going to take me a month to try to find a replacement, and the replacement may not even be as horrifically good, <laughs> should, should say, as this one is right now. So the workforce is slowly going down to the lowest common denominator of the poorest behavior and poorest, basically, work ethic. That's where we're going now. And that's exactly what they wanted last year. They had to ruin the giant machine, the United States capitalism machine, the machine here that's unbelievably successful, even with all of the manipulation and money printing and banker nonsense and money magic. It still was so unbelievably unbelievably successful. They literally had to tell people, be scared, stay home, take a check, shut up, and put a mask on. And that's exactly what happened. Now we're seeing this unbelievably aggressive push to basically remove any and all vehicles from society. I've warned everybody about this, what's going to happen with it. And I saw an article the other day that basically is in the UK, and it said now the UK has stated that all gasoline-powered motorcycles will no longer be allowed to be sold in the UK by 2035. Done. 2035? Mopeds, street bikes, oh, that BMW 1000 RR. No, nah, man, you ain't going to buy one. They will, they will cease to exist for sale as far as new bikes by 2035. They have basically said now that it's a lot to unpack when you look at the government transport decarbonization plan. But basically when you go through it, it shows that cars and vans will go electric first. With no new internal combustion machines sold after 2030, motorcycles and heavy vehicles, meaning trucks, will go electric by 2035. And along with that, ships, trains, and aircrafts are also going to be electric at some point with hopes by 2050. Now, the idiotic concept of this now is even Porsche, the great company that has built some of the fastest most effective race cars the planet's ever seen has come out now and said, oh, by the way, we don't want to get rid of internal combustion engines. We're down to do electric and hybrid. That's cool. But we're going to build fuel, synthetic fuel that has zero emissions. And they did. Nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody just wants to push this EV narrative. Now, what's interesting about this now, this electrical vehicle narrative is not what people think it is. And I'm so irritated. I just delete the emails now. I have some of the stupidest emails that people tell me. They send me these emails. I see what you're talking about. The only reason we're having global warming is because people are still driving internal combustion engine vehicles. That's the only reason it's causing it all. We have to go full EV right now. I'm like, delete. I'm not going to respond to you. And I literally don't even respond to them because I'm not going to. You can't argue with stupid. I'll just be honest with you. When you start having people that just regurgitate mainstream media, it's useless. The United States has some of the strictest regulations on internal combustion engines in the entire world, including diesel engines. But yet, isn't it funny that the United States is being forced down this EV road? UK is being forced down this EV road. Europe is being forced down this EV road. But yet, India, China, Middle East... They have some of the most pollutive things in the entire world, including no scrubbers on their smokestacks, leaded fuel, and their two-stroke engines that they drive around everywhere. But yet, we're not going to talk about that. We're not, we're not going to bring up China and India and South America. We're not going to bring up that. The United States, we need to go full EV. Now, it's interesting about this. I saw an article the other day, and it was about 70% accuracy, and then the, the ended with propaganda. 
that's usually how they do it. But I'm going to bring it up to you because it brings some very valid points that obviously nobody wants to discuss. It said – this is from oilprice.com. It said, in many ways, the world is not ready for the EV revolution. In many of the developed countries in the world now, power grids are still entirely unprepared to handle the onslaught of increased energy demand by plug-in vehicles. This was very clear after the power outage in Texas from the simple – well, not simple, but a very aggressive snowstorm that hit over a couple-day period at the beginning of the year. If you guys remember that with their entire power grid, they were told basically to throttle the power, and they could only buy power from outside of the state. It the minimum price of $1,500 per megawatt per hour. Yeah. Oh, you remember that? People getting seven, eight, nine, $10,000 electric bills. You know, nobody's brought that up again. Nobody wants to bring that topic up, even though there's still some cases fighting with it in Texas right now. Yeah. It said, then there's those issues of the pesky car batteries. While you can cut down your carbon footprint by switching to EV, you cannot get away from the massive finite resource consumption EV batteries contain enormous amounts of expensive and finite rare earth metals and minerals, most of those being cobalt and lithium, which not only cause tricky negotiations with global supply chains, they are not without an extreme negative environmental externalities. Basically, if you've ever seen lithium strip mines and what it does to the water around it and what it does to the air around it, it's unbelievably harmful, and it's very rare metal. Now, according to the new Bank of American Global Research report, the EV battery supply is in danger of running out by 2025. They're going to say our updated EV battery supply demand model suggests the global EV battery supply will likely be hit with a sold-out situation between 2025 and 2026 when global operation rates reach above 85%. The supply shortage will be largely a product of rapidly increasing demand in a market that is simply unprepared for the level of EV adoption. We forecast the global operating rates of EV battery to rise by 121% by 2030. And then it goes on to basically discuss how everything needs to go focus on EV right now and how we need to put our resources into it. That's the back propaganda they're putting at the end. But what they're not telling you is what's going to start happening is only the extremely wealthy individuals that make a significant amount of money are going to be able to afford these cars in the near future. The cost of material has gone through the roof. Everybody's seen that now, aluminum, steel, even the metal prices as far as in these, these lithium batteries. What's going to happen is they're going to phase out vehicles entirely for the lower population. Most of these EV cars, if you've already seen, are going to be incredibly expensive. For example, the new Hummer, electric Hummer that's coming out. It's starting at a base price, I think, of $125,000. That's not really that obtainable for a lot of people unless you've got a lot of extra cash and you can justify spending that kind of money. I mean, if you just do a rat, an average you know, 60-month note of finance on that car, your payments are going to be over $2,000 a month on that. Now, nobody else either wants to discuss the fact that lithium-ion batteries don't run forever. They usually only have about a 10-year life on them, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit less, which means most of these vehicles, if you look at the electric vehicles, they have an absolutely horrific resale value. By the time they reach about five to six years of age, they start dropping precipitously, which means these vehicles are not going to be worth crap in five to 10 years. So you're going to have a vehicle that you pay $125,000 for. You go finance for six to seven years. By the time the vehicle's actually paid off, it's going to be worth thirty to forty thousand dollars in trade-in. 
which is going to absolutely ruin the resale value in the vehicle market. On top of that, what nobody's wanting to discuss is the amount of time and energy and demand on the electric system it's going to have when you have to have all of these plug-in plays. And that's what I asked somebody the other day. I talked to him. I said, we're seeing this huge push for EV, but there's no infrastructure there. You go to downtown Orlando or some areas, you'll see like two or three plug-ins places. Okay. I mean, last time I checked, there's more than two or three cars on the road in Orlando. So they're trying to figure out how to keep up with the power supply with this. And here's what we were talking about. The reason why the EV basically infrastructure is not being put into place is because they're not anticipating the amount of vehicles to be on the road like they are right now. There's a reason why they're not widening a lot of roads. There's a reason why they're not building huge EV hookup stations, even though they're telling everybody within four years now, they want to start having a full EV system completely up and running. It's because if we're seeing EV prices at $125,000 right now for a vehicle, and then you start adding in a small amount of infrastructure, the cost of materials, inflation, so forth, more than likely you're going to start seeing Hummers, Teslas, EV vehicles. They're going to start pushing into the $200,000 to $250,000 range. I said that to somebody else, and they said, dude, no way. I said, look at the graph on it. Look what we're doing with inflation right now. Look at the material cost that's going up. I said, tell me by 2025, 2026, you're not going to start seeing a lot of EV vehicles pushing the $200,000 mark for average vehicles. I said, nobody's going to be able to afford that. People can't, you're not going to be able to afford a three, $4,000, $5,000 month payment on a car. That is where it's headed, and that is why they're doing it. They want to price the electric vehicles so high that nobody has the ability to drive them. And the gasoline engines that are still going to be left, they're going to start raising gas prices so high, it's going to be absorbent to try to drive them, $10, $15, $20, $30 a gallon. Remember, in Europe, fuel's already $8, $9, $10 a gallon when you factor in the liter per price. This is where it's headed, and then you factor in the United Nations, the Agenda 2030, how it has a huge map, how they want to do basically the green energy and how they do want to do the environmental control. And they want everybody to live in these main mega cities, Orlando, Atlanta, Dallas, L.A., and all the other areas they basically want to have as rural you know, rural community areas where very few people, if any, live out there except for essential workers that are designed to do working, kind of like the Hunger Games that we saw, isn't it? That is why they're pushing the EV so hard. That is why countries are trying to mandate these vehicles be forced into production. That is why they know they can't keep up with the EV batteries with the lithium and cobalt. That is why they're not building the infrastructure up, having thousands and thousands of electric plug-ins all over each city. That is why they're not putting huge amounts of electric hookups that do quick charging at gas stations all over the country, except in small areas, because they understand that the demand for driving the amount of vehicles on the road is going to be severely limited once they get their agenda in place. Because here's the thing, guys, when you have the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way, you're a force to be reckoned with, especially when you have the ability to own whatever firearm you want. You're basically a free American still. Get in your car, throw an AR in the back, load up the family, run out to town or run out to the city or run out to your property, and hey, you start having a couple hundred thousand people do that in each rural area, you got yourself an unbelievably difficult fighting force to spread out like the doggone militia back when we won the Revolutionary War. They don't want people having that ability. They want people to ride on mass transit, train systems, railway systems that have full, complete control. That is why 
Hunger Games was so clearly depiction, their clear depiction, there were no cars, if you've noticed that. The only people that had vehicles were the military, and they came in in MRAPs, and every time they went basically from section to section or district to district of the capital, what was it on always? always on a train that film has some of the most clear-cut examples of the united nations sustainable deal that they want to have happen right in front of your eyes that is why i've not been supportive of ev i've only been supportive of hybrid technology which is extremely effective and efficient and can be used long term without having the huge huge enormous amount of infrastructure that they're trying to talk about putting into place that i don't think they're going to put into place. So that's why I wanted to bring up things. And I saw that this ties into the whole thing with the 5G and also with the 6G that's coming in. All of this stuff is starting to come together. And this is why they're pushing so hard for the electric vehicle world to come out out of nowhere when there literally is no possible way to sustain it with the level of drivers right now. But I kind of want to go into detail of that this morning, Deb. What do you think? Well, Austin, you're 100% right. I mean, if you're paying $125,000 for an electric Hummer and you finance that vehicle for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, and then within five years, you still owe more than half the vehicle, but the vehicle's not worth $20,000, $10,000 because the batteries are shot and you can't replace the batteries because they don't exist, uh, you're going to find yourself incredibly upside down in an automobile loan, which is what's going to happen to a lot of people here in the United States because the prices of the cars have gone up so much and the used car prices have gone through the roof. Once the supply re-reaches demand, we're going to have a massive drop in car prices, including used car prices, including Hummer prices, including everything prices. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a big note that you're going to have to tote unless you file bankruptcy to get rid of. This is just what's going to go happen is what's going to happen. And see, we don't understand until that happens to us how it feels. I mean, when you ever get upside down in the equity of a vehicle or in a home or whatever, years ago I had a person that I knew. His name was Rob. And he did some work for me. He was a computer specialist, and he ended up having a house that was his payments back in 2007, 2008. His payments were $8,000 a month for this huge home that he had bought and built. Well, he had a big job that he was working with another company, and they fired him. And all of a sudden, he wasn't making $200,000 a year anymore. And he spent half of his income every year just on basically this house. And he told me, he said, well, I'm going I'm to keep the house. And I'm like, you're going to keep the house? I said, how are you going to keep the house? I said, you've got to make like $16,000 a month in pre-tax income in order to keep the house, not including maintenance. I said, you're not making any money right now. Well, I'm, I'm just going to keep it. And I said, I'm going to file bankruptcy and keep the house. And I'm like, you can't keep the house. It won't work. It can't work. So finally, he listened to me, and he, he filed bankruptcy. He had to dump all his vehicles. He's upside down in all of his vehicles. He had to dump his house. He had to dump everything because he simply couldn't make the payments anymore. And I've been behind that ball before, too, back in the early 90s. I had some vehicles and stuff that I had that I had to liquidate. And when you get that position where you have to get rid of stuff and you don't have the equity in it to get rid of it, you find yourself in a very precarious position. So my advice to you at this point is if you've got a vehicle that runs well, don't go out and leverage another vehicle. Don't go out and finance another vehicle. And whatever you do, never, ever finance toys. You think, well, what are you talking about now, Ted? You don't need a boat that has a $2,000 or $1,500 and $800 a month payment on it. If you want to go buy a boat, go buy a used boat. They have like zero resale value. They're horrible. The other day I was at a car auction over in Haines City, and there were like 40 boats out there, and they were trying to get anybody to bid $500 for a boat. Nobody bid anything for the boats. And I'm not saying that that boat they were bidding on wasn't a piece of junk, but what I'm saying is this, is that there are a lot of used boats out there that are 10, 15 years old that have low hours on them that you can buy for a relatively good price and pay cash for it. That's how you buy toys. You don't finance toys because if the economy collapses, 
around the toy, then you're stuck with the toy and stuck with the big payment. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. Same thing with houses. Right now is not the time to buy a house. Housing prices are at an all-time high. It's absolutely crazy what's happened with the houses. And now are you going to really buy a house that really should have only cost one hundred and fifty dollars or $200,000 to build, but you're going to pay $500,000 for because they're paying, charging you $15 for a two-by-four? No, just wait. Wait and see what happens. Don't get yourself over leveraged. It's the same thing that happens with all of these kids and these college loans and the lies about college. College is a lie. I've told you that. It'll teach you how to think sometimes. Most of the time, though, if you go to a liberal university, it's going to teach you how to think like a communist. That's a fact. In addition to that, if you don't get a degree that you get licensed with, like an engineer or a doctor or an attorney or a, basically a physician or, or, or a nurse or something that you get licensed with a school teacher, you'll never have a chance of recouping that investment or that $100,000 student loan they were so eager to give you because they knew you couldn't bankrupt it. And they'll continue to garnish your wages for the rest of your life. Remember a couple of years ago, the guy wouldn't pay his student loans. Judge found him in contempt of court, sent a SWAT team into his house and dragged him out in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, whatever it was, because he decided he wasn't going to pay his student loans. There you go. How'd that work out for him? Guys, don't borrow money to go to college. Listen to me. It's really important unless you're going to have a degree that's going to pay it back. It's very, very, very important. You don't major in underwater basket weaving or gay and lesbian studies or black history month or anything that's not going to be conducive to you getting a job. You know, French, ancient French poetry. Well, why do you why do you want to major in that? What's it going to do for you? And why are you going to borrow one hundred thousand dollars to do it? I can tell you that your employer, when you show up with that diploma, is going to laugh at you and say, I don't need that. Years ago, I'll never forget, I had a woman who was working for me, probably one of the worst employees I've ever had, about 30 years ago. And she couldn't follow simple directions. And she was going to college at night. She was going to a university here a couple, you know, about, about an hour drive away. I think it was St. Leo University. And she ended up coming in finally and bringing me her diploma. She'd graduated with a bachelor's degree. I said, well, I expect a raise. And I said, you expect a raise? I said, I can't even get you to do what you're supposed to do to start with. I said, why do you think you need a raise? Guys, college degrees... They don't really – sometimes they can teach you how to think analytically, and they can if you get if you get like a science major. But you get into the wrong major, they're going to mess with your head. I've got a friend of mine that I've known for 40, almost 50 years now, and he's a bodybuilder. And he basically went to Baylor, and he was a Christian. He was going to be a pastor. He was he had majored in ancient Greek and all the other things. He could speak, he could speak ancient Greek. He speaks it, and he ended up being a college professor for years. He was a, he was a Christian. He went to Baylor and completely and totally lost his faith, lost it. Then he continued at Florida State University, continued in the loss of faith. And to this day, he's in his mid-70s now. He basically is a complete and total, you know, reprobate. He's just he's a complete and total heathen. He really is. And I very rarely ever associate with him anymore. But every once in a while, I'll send him a text and try to talk to him about Jesus. And, of course, I get zero response from that. Because he's got that reprobate mind. His heart has been hardened because he'd listen to too many professors get in front of the classroom and lie and put down his faith and say things that aren't true. See, this is so easy to happen. This is so easy to do that to a young student, especially if the person in front of them has been, been put in a position of authority above them. The person has the ability to give you an A, a B, a C, or a D, or to pass you or fail you. So you want to listen to them because you know you got to pay attention to what they're saying. When I was in the MBA program at Florida State, I got to the point because I'm, I was, I'd already reached critical thinking. I was 23 years of age. I'd already reached concrete, irrational thought. 
I'd have a professor ask me a question like in economics. And I would say to him on the exam, and I did this memories many times, I'd say, here's the answer you want. Here's what you want me to say. And I would answer the question exactly how he wanted it. So I'd get, you know, if it was a 20-point question, I'd get plus 20. And then I would say below that, this is not to be considered part of my grade, but this is what I think the answer really is because I don't think the answer you gave me is correct. And I would say why I thought the answer was incorrect. And I give these guys credit, some of these guys in the MBA program at Florida State, these professors. Some would give me like a plus 10. They give me extra points because I said something different than what they were being told to tell us. Guys, it's so important that you do that. You've got to question the narrative. Look what's going on right now. In a July 16, 2021 press briefing, the White House press secretary, Jen Pesky, admitted that the Biden administration is violating the First Amendment by alerting social media companies to post an accounts it believes are peddling misinformation about the COVID death shots. This kind of corporate government collusion to censor free speech is illegal, as noted by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. The government cannot accomplish through threats of adverse government action what the Constitution prohibits it from doing directly. This is exactly what Governor DeSantis did last week when Ben and Jerry's, I talked about this on Friday, ice cream decided they weren't going to sell any more into Israel because of what was going on with Gaza. And now Governor DeSantis, because Unilever is a parent company, says he's going to block all sale of or all purchase of all Unilever province, province by the state of Florida because they passed a law to this. I never voted on that law. Did you? Did you vote on that law? I didn't. And this is the problem that we have. The Biden administration wants COVID, quote unquote, misinformance, that'd be me and Austin, to be removed from all social media platforms, not just one or two platforms, like they've already taken us off YouTube. They want us off everything. And that same press briefing, Pesky, also referred to as the, the COVID-19 shots as approved, which is a lie. And having gone through the gold standard of the FDA approval process, lie, this is verifiably false. All current available death shot COVID injections are authorized for emergency use only, and none are approved and none have been finalized in their safety studies. And they never will be finalized in the safety studies because of the death rates if a real safety study is done. The Biden administration is called to censor through public utilities and private companies. Anyone who shares information about the risks and the lack of benefit of these death shots must be rejected on ethical, legal, and constitutional grounds. And that's the problem they're running into again in the United States, isn't it? It's the pesky constitution. It doesn't matter how many deep state employees have been appointed that cannot be fired and cannot be terminated, who basically are going to do whatever they want to do no matter what. Almost all of them cabalist, I might add or the hundred dual citizens that we have in Congress and in the government that are basically working against the people of the United States, against the Constitution of the United States, we have to stand against all of this stuff. Because if we don't, they're going to win this war that they've started with us. We've got to understand where we are and what has happened to us. Remember that. Fauci is now revealing. Listen to this. This is from the Daily Mail. Fauci is revealing the CDC may again require Americans to go back to wearing masks and blames the unnecessary predicament on the unvaccinated, taking the country in the wrong direction on COVID. Fauci blamed the unvaccinated and the Delta variant for setting back progress. We're going in the wrong direction, the liar said, describing himself as very frustrated, very frustrated liar, I may add, that's me, said recommending the vaccinated wear masks is under active consideration. Why? Because they have to keep the same narrative going. Because it's like Austin said, with a guy walking on the blacktop on the asphalt in Florida with a mask strapped to his whole face like he has an alien attached to him, he's going to go be compliant. 
because he's been trained to be compliant by the school systems. And it doesn't make any difference. If they tell him to wear the mask, I promise you, you'll go back out in public and people will be wearing the masks again. I've got a friend of mine. He's a FFA flight instructor. He's just been told by his organization he works for that they are now requiring that he has to wear a mask again. He said it's so stupid. See, this is the problem that we have. People go out and they give us these edicts that affect our health in a negative way, but yet we can't have critical thinking and say, no, we're not going to do it because we're afraid we're going to lose our job. And that's the truth. They've done it to us on purpose because they want us to be compliant peasant slaves, and that's all they care about. Guys, listen to me. You're not a slave. You were bought at a price by our Lord Jesus Christ. You basically are his. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it because I know who Jesus is. I know who my Redeemer is and I can do all things through him. Guys, listen to me. Keep your hearts and your minds focused on Jesus. He's the answer. He's the only answer. Carmen sent me a long email the other day, a long text that said, I don't know what to do. It said, without Christ, there is no hope for all of these people. They don't understand. I said, I know. The only hope we have is in Christ. Austin, finish it up, buddy. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. God bless you. And I had a chance already to pray for you today. Yes, absolutely, my friends. And as you know, I continue to just encourage everybody to remember, our health is our responsibility. There is none of this collective health that everybody needs to get injected with an RNA experimental shot to try to basically keep everybody safe and healthy. The concept's asinine. Now, I watched a movie I hadn't seen in a while the other day called The Manchurian Candidate with Denzel Washington. Crazy film. goes into detail as far as the, the black operations with what they used to do and what they have and what I still think they currently do with brain training. Very, very clear depiction of it. And one thing about it is one of the doctors, the, the real sick doctor that's like the lead doctor in these experiments with causing, taking these soldiers and making them kill other soldiers and all kinds of weird stuff. He goes, we have the ability now to edit the genes and basically take certain things out. He goes, wouldn't it be awesome if we could go in and take certain things out and put certain things in and basically rewrite code? He's talking about this. The movie was done back in 2004. 2004. They're already doing it now. This is what RNA gene therapy is. I talk about it all the time. Do your own research. This is exactly what they're doing. They're causing you to turn your body into a pathogen production manufacturing site. They're actually making your body turn on a system that produces spike proteins. They're very clear about it. Moderna is very clear about what they do with this. They are hacking the code of life. Be aware of it. Understand it. Continue to keep your immune system strong. Keep exercising. Stay in shape. Keep your body and your mind clear. Thank you again for the continued support of healthmasters.com. We're always here to help you guys the best we possibly can. And be sure to check out the product of the week on sale right now for this week, the potassium iodide, incredibly good for the thyroid. This is one of those products that is crucial to keep in, in stock, just in general from an immune standpoint, but also too from a protection standpoint. So I always encourage that and vote for what you want to see win this week. It looks like the vitamin E, also the awesome mag and the ultra omega, they're all pulling really strong. So you guys vote. Whenever you vote, it wins. That's how it always works. Thank you again for the support. If you guys need anything, email us or call us. 
continue to get this truth out there. Continue to get the articles out there. Like I said, forward our show if you can. If you can't forward our show, then take some of the articles that we try to put up on the website every single day and send them out to people. We are starting to make a humongous difference. You and I and our listeners and our friends and alternative media, we're all starting to make a difference. That's why they're doubling down on this right now. Understand that. That's why they're pushing it so hard. If the whole population just shut up and basically just, just got our shot, it didn't do anything. They would set up the next phase of things to go on. But now they're having to double bag. Oh, we got to start wearing a mask again now. No, we don't. No, we're not. No. The answer is just no. And that's the thing that everybody has to start learning how to say. And I understand some of the job systems. There's a lot of stuff you're going to have to deal with. And I know there's some stuff that you're going to have to put up with other than that. But at some point in time, you got to find where your conviction is and where your line is going to be drawn in the sand. Because I promise you, the whole concept of mandatory vaccines for work and for school, it's coming. And we have to be prepared for it. Thank you, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay prepped. Keep the truth out there and keep up the fight every single day. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.